Hi, welcome to the Work Smarter, Not Harder podcast series. This series is intended for those who are engaged in determining the success of your initiatives. The purpose of this podcast series is to help staff meet their goals. In this episode, which is episode two in our podcast series, um, we're going to be focusing on logic models. I'm Colleen Papalo with Data Research and Accountability, and I'm joined uh, today by my colleague and co-host, Andy Jackal. No, thank you, Colleen. I'm glad to be here. As part of the program accountability team, we often are help, helping program staff as they walk through monitoring their, ex, um, their efforts and creating logic models. Uh, for those of you who may not be aware, um, logic models are uh, a graphic organizing tool and where you access this podcast, if you go below, you can also grab a link to an example um, template for a logic model if you want to see what one looks like. Um, the logic model is used uh, throughout education, actually across our nation, to help folks um, organize their efforts, to align their needs, to their strategies, to their short, intermediate, and long-term goals in order to make sure that they have data and evidence uh, when they're monitoring the success of their efforts. So today, we're joined by our guest, Sherry Miller, principal of Lacey Elementary. Sherry, you can say hello to our audience. Hello, everyone. Sherry has um, many years of experience successfully using logic models in her work at Central Services prior to going to Lacey. Um, and today we're gonna talk with Sherry about her experiences as she has worked uh, using logic models to guide her work. Okay, so Sherry, we have a lot to talk about. So uh, we've divided uh, this conversation into segments, uh, starting with the introduction uh, where we are now. I want to thank you again for joining us today. And I was just hoping you could tell us just a little bit more about yourself. I, I know you're currently the principal at Lacey Elementary, uh, but I knew you for years before that working with you in Central Services. Uh, I know you did a phenomenal amount of work to improve student literacy. Can you tell us just a little bit more about some of the things you've done for Wake County Schools? Yes, I've been part of Wake County for a very long time, starting off as a special education teacher back in 1986. So I have been with Wake County for a long time. I spent years uh, supporting uh, collaborative teaching, co-teaching, um, and working and training teachers on what to do with students with disabilities in general ed classrooms. And then I shifted about 22 years ago with a focus on literacy and first starting in supporting primarily just special education, but then moved into the position as senior administrator for special education literacy, which allowed me under the direction of a director of literacy to work in collaboration with general ed colleagues, Title I, um, ESL, special ed, et cetera. And, uh, and then 10 years ago, I became the director of literacy K-12 for the school district. And in that role, I really was, uh, you know, had several implementations starting from ground zero that moved across the entire school system. So I have 
many years of experience with logic models. Um, so I was able to uh, be able to have a, my dream job, which was to eventually become an elementary principal, which I was given the opportunity to do so a year ago, February 3rd, uh, right before COVID hit. And um, so I'm the now proud principal of Lacey Elementary School. Glad and I'm glad to be here. Congratulations. Con congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, let's see, you mentioned uh, you, you've been heavily involved in a lot of things. For As far as your logic models, um, I've seen your logic model from Letterland, uh, one from the K-12 rating continuum. Uh, do you do any other programs uh, come to mind right away? Yes, we have a logic model that we created for the latest work that we did was implementing reading apprenticeship framework for our secondary schools. And so um, we, we created a logic model for that as well. So Letterland is the one that I started using logic models for back when we started the implementation um, of Letterland back in 2015. So we started talking about it like in 2014, but um, yeah, so I had several logic models going. I emailed to Sherry this morning and it turns out we were both pulling up your Letterland logic model at the same time. And I was just looking at it. Um, it's a fabulous example. I'm looking, I just want to give our listeners just a, a very brief overview of the components. I see you described uh, the need for the Letterland initiative. You have a list of inputs then uh, strategies for improvement. And then you have very detailed goals. I mean, I think it's uh, those are smart goals for a short-term, intermediate, and long-term impact. With all that being said, how would you describe the logic model as a navigation tool? I mean, we want to shift our focus here a little bit into the, the uh, second segments. How did you use it as a map to guide your work? So before I go into that with talking about how I used it, I because I've been in Wake County for so long, I want to tell you what it's like to not have one. So to Fair not enough. have one is we have a pocket of money. It's got to be spent in a week. What do we need to implement? What's available? What can we buy? Put a purchase order together and we buy something, we decide something without intention, without focus, without a roadmap, without a plan. And what I have found in my many, many years working at the district level is those programs, those inputs, those implementations come and go. They they don't last long because there really never was a plan. There never really was a clear articulation of what is the need that we're trying to address. So I just wanted to say that because that is that is what was compelling to me about the need to have a logic model. Because if I was going to put the effort into um, implementing a new strategy, then we needed a better way to make sure that it lasted longer than less than three years. So, I think that's great. I'm glad you mentioned that, Sherry, because we hadn't thought about what does it look like in the absence of the logic model as a map 
You know, you don't, right. you wouldn't want to take a journey without some kind of navigation, right? You wouldn't want to just head to Florida and say, well, we hope we get there. We'll find the keys if we keep driving south. You want to have some sort of navigation, some sort of plan on what's the best direction so that you can be efficient, right? And exactly. use your time wisely. And to know whether or not you got there, all right. And did you check the box to spend the money? Or are you saying this is the purchase, this is the intentional reason why I'm selecting this to meet a need that five years from now is a data point I want to see change. So I just needed to say that. That's in the absence of one. So at the same time, right before I was learning a lot about logic models, I was learning about the importance of the research based about having an implementation team. So anything that I am going to be talking about in this podcast around logic models is not done in isolation. Sherry Miller never did this in her office all by herself. This was always in a cross-departmental team, implementation team, who is as vested in this work as I am. So on this journey, you know, part of the journey first is spending the time saying, what is the need? What are we trying to change? What are we trying to address? And at the time for Letterland, we had an absence of a systematic phonics program in Wake County. So we had data to show us, you know, how many students were not reading proficiently. Um, we had EOG data that was telling us where students were back in 2013, 2014. So establishing the need has to be first and foremost, not what is the new shiny and we've got a deal to sell you. So I just want to clarify that. You got to start with what is the need. And That's then, a good point because that, that what we tend to do is jump to the fix, right? So right. Find that strategy without investigating what the actual need is. I think that's good for our listeners to realize you spent that time up front. Yes. And, you know, the second thing on the logic model is where you start to unpack what your input is. Now, that looks like you go from need right to input, but there's a whole lot of work that happens between need and input. I mean, you're procuring a resource. You are trying to investigate using tools to help you know, is this the best product to do that? So on this graphic organizer, it looks like just the next box, but there's a whole lot that happens between one and two, or once you establish what it is you are implementing that's new, then you begin to go into this logic model. So I just wanted to kind of walk through that thinking. So once you decide what it is that you are going to implement, you want to be really clear on that input. So for Letterland, it was we wanted to implement a Letterland phonics-based approach to teaching reading, writing, spelling to three to eight-year-olds in our K2 classrooms. Now, that was the input. That was not year one, but that's what the new work was. All right? So at least we know we're taking a journey and we're going to Florida. I'm going to steal that analogy, Colleen, right? And we know that we're going on vacation. It's not a work trip, all right? And so we may not have fleshed out everything, but we know, we know where we're going, right? We know what the new way of work is. But the next thing you do when you think through this logic model, which is kind of navigating this roadmap, is... What's our ultimate goal? Where do we want to go five years from now? 
when we say we had a successful vacation in Florida, let's be really clear on what does that look like, right? How many days, what, what kind of things are, you know, what, what is it going to look like? Um, so that's where in that logic model, we go f- about five years out. Yeah. And that, you know, I want to point out to our listeners what you just did there, because that's key. And one of the things that we advise as best practice is to realize that you jump to the last long-term goals because that's the flip side of your need. So whatever your need was, by the end of this timeline, whatever that is, you should now have addressed the need. Well, exactly. I, you know, Sherry and Colleen, I, I love this analogy here about, uh, it, you know, it being a journey and it being a roadmap. Uh, but the thing I wanted to emphasize a lot is the use of data. You can have a map and a compass and a GPS, but it really all comes down to data to know where you are and where you want to go. And uh, I love the way that your logic model listed very specific with the need, uh, EOG scores, uh, subgroup disaggregation. Uh, you were very clear about the need and also uh, what you hope to achieve uh, and on what timeline. So yes. uh, this is one of the reasons DRA loves you. We we love seeing all the all those data points, and then you can know, like you said, uh, you know, if you have that, no initiative, like you said, is going to stand the test of time unless you have have it planned out years in advance. So that's that's uh, that's great. There's some overlap in our segments here. We wanted to talk about the value of logic models, and you've covered this. I think pretty thoroughly. Is there anything you would like to add about the value that you found in using logic models? So, you know, at the top of that logic model, like you think about your long-term goals as being your target, your aim, it's where you're headed. What I found to be so valuable is we developed, and this is over all the logic models that we've done together in teams, is that we developed strategies, we developed our short-term goals, but as we reached our short-term goals, we realized, wow, we missed the mark. We didn't get there. And it's not, now this doesn't work, which was the old pattern, I think. Now we're gonna throw it out because after a year we don't see it. It was the constant going back to take a look. Did we miss something in our strategies? Maybe we didn't train enough. Maybe we didn't spend enough time training. Maybe we got trained, but we forgot to train the principals or we forgot to train the literacy coaches or we had a plan for getting the resources out and we trained the first group of teachers, but we forgot about all the teachers that come in about middle of the year when, you know, teachers resign or retire, et cetera. So the value of the logic model was always our touchstone back to the map to say, okay, did that work? What data do we have to indicate it? Um, What do we need to tweak? So if you look at the Letterland one, you can see that that list started getting really long for strategies and it developed over time. The 2015 strategies look different than the 2018 strategies. And I we kept them on there with adding dates to it so we could see what did we learn from this implementation. So to me, that logic model was always our go back to, to keep us eye on the prize of, okay, where are we still headed? And what do we need to tweak about it? So I, so like I liked it for that reason. 
I like how you're pointing out those mile markers. If you go back to our travel analogy, right? So that short-term goal, you're looking and checking. So you're not just saying, well, in five years, we want to achieve this. You're, you're building in checkpoints along the way right. so that you know if you're off track. That's a perfect segue, uh, you know, into our, our fourth segment, because uh, one of the things that, that uh, Sherry, you're talking about is uh, you're saying that the the logic model was not carved into stone, and this is the way we're going to do it for the next five years. Can you tell us a little more? You say you kept revisiting the logic model and coming back to it. Can you tell us more about that? Yes. So, you know, you establish these short-term goals. So, yeah, have your big long-term goal. You know where you want to go five years from now, but then you go, okay, so if that's where I'm going to be five years from now, where do I really want to be at the end of this year? And then how am I going to get to, like, where should I be three years from now? And and I think it probably varies on how one does that, but I usually go from long-term and then I start short-term and then I go to the, that middle outcome. And to me, just like what I hear we say in the district is our SIP plans are living documents. Well, at central office, when you are implementing something, this is your living document. This is not a do it at the end of the year to do a monitoring progress report that is due or used to be due when I was up there. This is something that you're revisiting. It is something that we would revisit you know, probably every four or five months. And really the questions became, all right, so if we wait until our Dibble scores or our M-class scores at the end, is there anything? And I had such wonderful um, partnership with Colleen on that Letterland implementation team and uh, Dina on the reading apprenticeship where we would ask the questions, wait a second, is there anything that we can be capturing mid now while teachers are using it that's not waiting until the end to get the test score. So then the data becomes on this journey, do we need to be capturing observation data, survey data, implementation of integrity kind of data? And so if you created this and you didn't look at it for five years, well, first of all, I can guarantee the program or the new way of work would never have lasted five years. Because you wouldn't have had touchstones to say, this is where we were. Look at the progress we've made. Yes, we're on the path. Yes, it's slow. Yes, it may not have reached 90% of all kids reading by grade level. Maybe we overshot. Maybe we thought it was going to do all this magic. Well, now we've got, you know, 100 and some schools and implementation takes three to five years. So let's back up. What do we need to tweak? So it really was something that we just kept coming back to and it helped explain the story when somebody would say, is it here to stay? Are we sure it's working? Do we want to spend the money still? Or is there something else that somebody has that's nice and shiny and let's try that? It became a just a map for us and a journey. So maybe a map is too, <laughs> too stationary. It doesn't change. Ooh, ooh, so maybe, let's maybe use the help. analogy of the journey on the map. Right? So it's the journey that ooh. becomes this implement this uh, logic model. We're content with, you know, we have leadership changes. We have pandemics. We have all this stuff coming at us. So it, it's fabulous that you consider it a living document uh, and not something that you just, uh, you know, create and look at it five years later to see if you made it. So that's that's yeah. really fabulous. 
I think at central office, there will always be the questions that I just asked because they will be asked by board members. They'll be asked by the newest leader. Mm-hmm. How do we know this is what we should be doing? Well, and it, it looks to me like some parts of it really can be, you know, quote, carved in stone. Uh, like the need doesn't change. You have all of the data to support the need to improve literacy. Um, you know, that's probably not going to change, but maybe some of the benchmarks or strategies, uh, you know, as you as you see, you know, what's working and what's not working as, as you go along. So before we run out of time, I really want to ask you, this is my uh, favorite question. What advice would you give to someone who was new to logic models and was trying to write one for the first time? And, you know, more specifically, what were your biggest challenges and what advice do you have to offer to the people following you? Good question. One is don't expect perfection, right? Like it's messy. It's messy. Mm -hmm. And don't look at it as something that is check the box mandatory. Um, Approach it as a way to help you plan. Think of it as a planning tool. Now, whether or not these boxes work, I know when I've done them with groups, we don't even have the boxes in front of them. We have chart paper, we have wipe away boards, we have sticky notes, getting ideas. Like, you know, it, it doesn't, it looks like you just start typing, but there's a whole lot of thinking and collaboration and brainstorming and then narrowing down to decide if we can do only three strategies, what would they be? And so there's a lot of work behind this. It's just so worth the investment and time to do. Don't do it quick. Don't do it alone. You reach out, I would say, colleagues at central office, reach out to data and accountability. It was so helpful. I learned so much by having them sit at the table with them. I think in turn, probably Colleen learned a lot by sitting at the table with us, right? So um, I did learn a lot about early literacy that I did not know before. (laughs) And Dina learned more about reading apprenticeship than she probably ever knew before. I would say invest the time and don't expect perfection and go at it with needing a roadmap because I guarantee if you have put the energy and the time into picking the right input, the right new way of work, then it is definitely worth thinking through your journey to get to your long-term goal. Well, that's great. And that's great. And also, you know, the cross-departmental focus, um, you know, involving yes. other departments and stuff too, is just another great thing that you've said. So, I mean, you, you've, uh, you, you've shared some, some fabulous, uh, information here and some points. And, and uh, you know, after listening to you, uh, I don't know anybody who could uh, argue that logic models are not a good navigation tool or a good roadmap or something useful. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, you put the time in, work with other, you know, share it with other people, involve other people in its development, continue to revisit the logic model, uh, treat it as a living document and make adjustments uh, as as needed and as circumstances change. Is there anything about logic models that you would like to say that I did not ask you about? Is there anything that I missed? Well, the ironic thing is when you invited me here, I thought, well, you know what? I want to pull up the logic model. And what I looked at this morning just brought a smile to my face of 
one, it's 2021 and Letterland is still being used in the district. And if anybody asked me to tell the journey of what we did, how we did it, why we did it, I'm looking right at it. I'm looking at the logic model. So it also tells the story of all the work that has gone behind and all the tweaks that we need to made and all the lessons learned and the new strategies that we added. So that's the messy part. You don't start erasing things just because they didn't work. You add two. And I'm just proud that the Letterland implementation team worked with me side by side to create this and to still have um, goals that they're working towards, despite me not, you know, being there. This is, it's still going on. And I'd just like to say that I thank you guys for introducing me to a logic model because it really just makes sense. And I was very, very tired of seeing things come and go, things come and go. And I think there's enough implementation fatigue in our district. And I think if one wanted to take a look at how do we turn that around, then anything new needs to be thought out using a plan like this. Um, in conjunction with a team approach, an implementation team approach. I think those two things together is just a win-win. And it's all about improving outcomes for students. It's all what it's about. It's not about whether you got this logic model or not. The outcome is, were we able to implement something that made a difference for students? And that's the bottom line. Oh, that's fabulous, Will. Our guest today has been Principal Sherry Miller from Lacey Elementary. And uh, we certainly appreciate you sharing your experience and expertise. Um, after this discussion of logic models, I got to ask uh, Colleen, what if I wanted to learn more about it? Are there any resources available if I wanted to learn more about logic models? So this is where we're going to put in our shameless plug to the monitoring, the success of your efforts training that we do have. We've had it for a number of years available on Learning Central. So we really hope if you want to learn more about logic models, that's the place to go. And you can definitely walk through that professional learning opportunity there. And it talks you through how to create the logic model. And then you can submit one to our department and we will we'll give you additional feedback and guidance. Do remember, as Sherry pointed out, your friends in data research and accountability, we are here to help guide this kind of work and give you guidance as you create your roadmap to success. We are going to have additional episodes as we hope to hear from other guests who have been involved in the monitoring process. And so please look out for our additional episodes in our Work Smarter, Not Harder podcast series. Okay, well, thank you again and keep in touch. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Sherry.